0: Hello and welcome on to the next episode of the PHFL, PHFL NFL podcast. That was harder for me to say than it should have been. Um, We're doing our week 8 review. Uh, me, Adam, joined as always by Kai and by Mikey. Hello gentlemen.
1: How are we doing? Oh,
0: how are we? Not too bad. Looking forward to talking about some uh, NFL games, some of which we've already previously discussed maybe weren't as exciting as they came across as, but we'll talk about them Anyway. Um, Just before we start, uh, I would like any of the listeners who don't already follow us on Twitter to follow us on Twitter, at PHFL Podcast, because our followers are about us and that's it at the moment, and there are more than us who listen to the podcast. I know, I can see the numbers, so please follow us on Twitter. And also subscribe to our YouTube page, it's the PHFL Podcast on YouTube as well. We put the video of these podcasts. It's not our faces on it at the moment, but possibly in the future, when uh, we've all had haircuts and actually washed before we go for this uh, podcast. So we might we might put videos of us up. Uh, Don't make me do it. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll move on to uh, our first game, which was, it feels ages ago now, because this was a week ago. Now we're recording this on the Thursday, but last week's Thursday Night Football was uh, an NFC South matchup. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Atlanta won 25 points to 17. My notes basically are on the Atlanta side of the ball, that the Falcons tried to run quite a lot. There was 18 attempts for Gurley and 11 for Brian Hill, but Gurley was not hugely efficient at about a couple of yards of carry. And the big news was that Calvin Ridley kind of left halfway through the game with an injury for Atlanta, which looks like it might keep him out this week. He's still questionable in training. um, But Atlanta, the first two plays of the game were like 30-yard passes to Julio Jones, and I thought, Oft, well, here we go, this is going to be uh, the Falcons of old again, but uh, eventually settled down, um, and obviously right at the end of the fourth quarter, the interception, uh, as Carolina were trying to go up for a, a, a tying field goal, uh, resulted in Atlanta winning the game. Kai, what was your thoughts on that game? Do you have any?
2: Wasn't wasn't the most exciting of games, uh, I think, obviously we'll come to it in the predictions but I think we all thought the Panthers might win that Um, obviously the Falcons proved us all wrong Um, didn't think the Panthers were very good at all Uh, I think they only just scraped 300 yards of total offence between rushing and running the ball Um, and neither of the two kind of obvious wide receivers and Robbie Anderson and, and DJ Moore did I did a whole lot. I mean, DJ Moore didn't have a reception until two minutes uh, from the end, and he decided to get two for 55 yards, which um, accounts for almost all his his fancy points this week. Um, Whereas Curtis Samuel decided to um, sneak up out of nowhere in the last couple of weeks. Um, I think he's had three touchdowns in the last two weeks, um, two of which have been receiving. One was a rushing touchdown, so they seem to be using him as almost like a dual threat thing. Um, but yeah, I think the Falcons are kind of starting to find a wee bit of a groove, um, despite obviously losing against the Lions. I think they've probably they've kind of found their form a wee bit.
0: Yes, I totally agree. I think uh, obviously there's talk now for the Panthers that Christian McCaffrey will be coming back as well uh, for this coming week. So uh, I, think, I think the future is bright for them. They had been playing fairly well. This game, I think, was one of their, their worst performances they've had of late. But um I think this NFC South, uh though though Atlanta perhaps the record doesn't show it, I think it's actually there's actually some fairly good teams in it. And uh, especially now, as Mikey will say, Dan Quinn's no longer in charge at Atlanta. <laughs> uh you know, yeah. that they, they've got a chance.
1: Yeah, I think with the Panthers as well, it's McCaffrey coming back is is come at the perfect time because they did go three and you0 without him after they lost the first two games of the season and now they've lost three in a row. So with him coming back I think we spoke about it on one of the other podcasts, I think maybe one or two games after McCaffrey was out, um, that with McCaffrey coming back, because so much focus is put on him from the defensive side, that we spoke about maybe Mike Davis still being relevant uh, for them. But just the fact that he's coming back in general is going to be massive for them because they've, they've hit a bit of dip in form and they've got some tough games coming up. But it'll be interesting to see because we definitely know that this division is competitive and the Panthers are definitely making it competitive, so it should be fun to watch that one as well.
0: I totally agree. And for everyone who likes listening to Mikey's dulcet tones, you'll get to listen to him even more now as we move on to our next game because he was uh <laughs> he was looking at our next game as well. Uh Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Pittsburgh uh ended up winning the game twenty-eight points to twenty-four in a battle of the top of the AFC North. What are your takeaways from that game, Mikey?
1: Yeah, I mean <sighs> I think Sunday was we the three of us on our podcast group chat from maybe half past five on Sunday night until about two in the morning was just non-stop messages. Like, I would have loved to have seen how many messages combined it was because all we did was just talk about football. I think it was a, a really entertaining <laughs> uh, game week. But the, the first thing about the Steelers-Ravens game is that pick six at the start of the game. It just set the tone for the game. I know that the Ravens were looking good through stretches, but you almost feel if that didn't happen the ravens probably would have won the game genuinely i think that that shook it shook uh, lamar's confidence massively as well but this game has been a massive rivalry over the years obviously being a, a divisional game and it was just a <clears throat> excuse me it was just a totally old fashioned slugfest i thought there was fumbles interceptions hard hits uh, flags everywhere so it it was a scrappy game but it was a a very fun game to watch um I think I said before that the AFC runs through the Chiefs, but I, I, I think it has to run through Pittsburgh now. They're the only undefeated team still left. They're picking up big, big wins as well, especially against huge divisional rivals. Um, I know people thought that the Steelers were going to be good this year, now that Big Ben was back and they had a lot of pieces back from um, injury, but I don't think anybody expected them to be this good. Uh, and even, I know they're 6-2, and, uh, six and two, but I don't think anybody expected the Ravens to be this poor. They've been sluggish. Um, so I think that the Pittsburgh are going to win this division. Um, and as we've said on previous podcasts as well, I would rather have an experienced quarterback in the playoffs against uh, a young, exciting quarterback. So Big Ben has all the tools to succeed here.
0: Can I just play devil's advocate for the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, <laughs> no you can't. <laughs> I actually think their defence, obviously, is amazing in all all levels of the defence. Their receiving group, I think, is unbelievable. I think uh James Conner is great in the running game, even the backups are good there. I think the weakness, if there is one in this team, is Big Ben. And I know that might sound like a strange thing to say, because Big Ben is probably going to be Hall of Fame at some point, you know. Um, especially with the Super Bowl uh rings, but um I, I think I think the the weakness there is Big Ben big sometimes his decision making. I look at it and I'm like, why are you trying to throw it there? And, and I know that it's, he's got the arm, but I think maybe since coming back from the injury, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I think if there's a weakness, and I, I know it's harsh to call Big Ben a weakness, because he's still better than, I, I mean, we're doing a QB ranking special at some point, um, but I think he's still better than half the quarterbacks in the league, but I think if there is a, a weak link in that Pittsburgh team, it would be the way that Big Ben is played. See, if you had someone like Tom Brady in this Steelers team, I would say, no doubt, his decision making, done, sorted, they've won. The Super Bowl, but I think Big Ben is the, the link that might
1: is almost a case as well that he doesn't need to be that good because the, the defence is so good in the run game and the receivers are good because I mean we've seen it when, when Baltimore won the Super Bowl with obviously Ray Lewis and that crazy uh, D, but Joe Flacco he wasn't lighting it up, but Me he, I mean he he won a Super Bowl as a start quarterback and he didn't need to be good because the defence the defensive side of the ball was so clinical. So I think it's a similar situation to that. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't need to be as previous Big Ben's have been over the years. But it's good to see him back. He was he was missed last year massively. Uh, they obviously struggled with Mason Rudolph and uh, Duck Hodges. So uh, good to see him back. And yeah, it'll be great to see him in the playoffs again. And the the kind of matchups that he will be in in the playoffs are going to be very exciting.
0: Looking in the Ravens' side of the ball, are they a better running team without Mark Ingram?
2: No. Gives more options. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't look as if there's a a distinct backup to Mark Ingram. Um, it looked like they were kind of using. Um, I've totally forgot his name now. Well, J.K. Dobbins, Dob- Dobbins and, fifteen uh, attempts.
0: Dobbins, fifteen attempts. Edwards, sixteen attempts. Lamar Jackson, sixteen attempts. They did rush yeah. forty-seven <laughs> seven times. Um,
2: I, don't, I I mean, I, I kind of feel that like the Ravens have have never really got going this season. Um it's strange to I say, say for kind a 5-2 team <laughs> No I know I, But like, I think they've kind of faltered And stumbled to a few results um, And I think You've seen it when they've kind of played Someone like the Steelers I know they were right right, in there the whole game And arguably could have probably won it On that last drive um, Reports say that Willie Sneed is still lying there <laughs> uh, And they've just dug a hole for him Um I, I mean the Ravens will still make the playoffs and they'll still have a good record, but I don't think they've quite been the Ravens of last year
0: yet. The reason I ask is because in a, one of the statistics I was uh, I was listening to it was uh, J.K. Dobbins has forced the most missed tackles in his runs uh, out of any running back with over fifty carries, and Mark Ingram has is the the worst in that metric, so Dobbins is the best and Mark Ingram's the worst, so that's why I was wondering if maybe they were better without Ingram back there, taking a muddy up the waters, but we'll see going forward um, what's going to happen in that game, but it was a very good AFC North game, and uh, I think I think the two of them, as Mikey was saying that rivalry's there, it's a really equal rivalry, I think that puts the Steelers one game ahead since the uh, 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 the hardball was there or something like that it was something like 1919 it's a really good that's the type of rivalry you want between two teams where it's any team can win it you know you don't want something where someone's just getting pummeled all the time um, Yeah, and obviously
1: we're, we're lucky enough to be able to get to see them again at some point and potentially in the playoffs you obviously never know but we're guaranteed at least one more uh, Steelers-Ravens game this season which I would be great
0: look forward to it the next game of the week was also Mikey uh, having a look at this one uh, Miami with Tua's first start We're playing uh, at home to the Los Angeles Rams. Mikey, what happened?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing I'm going to say is I've got some bad news and that's that my first outlandish claim has came through with a big cross on it. The rest of them, obviously, we need to wait until the end of the season. Some of them have ticks on them already, but I've got my first wrong outlandish claim. Uh, I said in the podcast last week that Tua would get sacked four or five times against Aaron Donald and the Rams, but it's safe to say they did not. I think he was only sacked once on the first play of the game, potentially or the first drive. Yeah. But Dolphins win this game twenty-eight to seventeen. Dolphins go to four and three on the season, which is huge. And considering how good the Rams have been there now, five and three, um, it's a massive, massive win for the Dolphins. The Miami were outgained by three hundred and twenty-six yards in this game. Tua did even. not need to do anything. This the, the Dolphins D were phenomenal. It's almost as if. Everybody knew that Tua was coming out of an injury, and it was his first NFL start. And the whole team wanted to kind of rally around him and, and do him proud. And he, he could have been terrible, and they probably still would have won the game. I mean, he was just bang average. I think even Tua will be the first to tell you that. But um, just a, a crazy game, considering I think the Rams have been very good this season, lost to some big teams, but um, the the Rams are one in four. When golf is blitzed twenty times or more, I mean the Dolphins just laid the foundation for this this win that they were blitzing almost every play. It seemed golf was fumbling, throwing interceptions, poor passes all over the all over the field. Um, but the Dolphins looked fantastic here, really, really good. Um, as we said, the, their offense really didn't need to, to show up at all because the defensive side put up so many points. So, um, really, really good game to watch. Um, we were all talking about it during it because I think we were expecting either a a two a Disaster or a masterclass, but we got neither. But he won't care. They got the win.
0: I, I still think it's perhaps a bit kind on tour to say that it was a fairly average game for him because he did only complete twelve passes for ninety-three yards. And I know that he didn't have to do anything, but uh, you know, in any other given yeah. day, then that is a poor performance for a quarterback. Yeah, they were they were, defi- the, the they were thing- definitely protecting him because his, his longest pass was a fifteen-yard pass.
1: Yeah, the uh, one thing I've got you as well is that. This is the second time this season. No team has done it once this season. The Rams have now done it twice. The Rams held a team to under 100 passing yards and 100 rushing yards. So um, against Miami, Miami only had 90 total passing yards and 55 rushing yards. And when they played Washington, Washington only had 70 passing yards and 38 rushing yards. Um, Just crazy. I I think the the Rams, D, is still one of the best in the league. But the golf was horrendous this week. Really, really bad.
0: Yeah, well, Goff tried 61 pass attempts. He only completed 35 of them, but Cooper Cup had 20 targets in this game. Yeah, <laughs> Of the 61, unbelievable. <laughs> Big
1: game for him as well. The, the thing we, on the, the Dolphins side, because I feel that they deserve to be spoke about this week, is we we were saying when Tua got announced as a starter that we thought it was a, a really bad decision, obviously, because uh, they were 3-3. Three three. Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing well, but now, looking back on it, I think this was a win-win. Uh, for them and Brian Flores because they were playing the Rams. They were playing one of the best defensive units in football, Pro- probably the best individual football player in the NFL, and Aaron Donald. Um, if they'd lost this game and two had struggled, you would have been like, "Well, it was the Rams, so fair enough." We'll see what's going to happen next week and next week. And if they won, it was fantastic. So I feel it was actually a win-win for Brian Flores, um, and he made the right decision. And they're, they're four and three, and with the way that that AFC division is looking. They, if they put again a couple of big results and win the divisional games, who knows? They they could be in the playoffs, and I don't think that they will. But uh, it's it's a really really fun situation
0: to watch. I have a different theory, and you know I like conspiracies, so here is mine. The Miami Dolphins have got the Houston Texans first round pick, which is currently projected to be a round pick four, pick five at the moment. If Houston don't improve, I think that they have played with Tua. For the rest of this season, and they'll see how he plays, because he's not very big, but he's also not hugely mobile. So he's not like a Kyler Murray who's small but can run about, and he's not like you know a Herbert or an, or an Allen who's big and big arm and stuff like that. So I don't think they're sure if two is their quarterback for the future. I think they're wondering if if this is someone that they're they're going to have as a quarterback. So they're going to play him for this season and see if he does work. Great, they'll keep him. See if he doesn't work, they've got Houston's pick which is probably going to be an early first round pick. They've got their own, and if they're really bad, theirs also might be there. They'll pick up one of these other quarterbacks in the draft or even do some some trading to move up to get either Lawrence or Fields because they know that that's a quarterback. They'll definitely take them. So that I think they're going to spend the second half of this season working out if Tua is their quarterback and then make that decision at the end of the season. That's my conspiracy theory. Oh,
1: my yeah. <laughs> I... I don't know. I mean, what he was a six overall pick. I don't. I don't know if you would give up on him that easy, to be honest. I think. I, I honestly think, if barring injuries in college last season, if Tua didn't have the hip surgery, he would have been the number one pick, in my opinion. I, I know Joe Burrow really came out of nowhere in the, his final season with LSU, but Tua was. It, it was the whole tank for Tua last year and things like that. And um, before Joe Burrow just started to completely play lights out. So, I think injuries aside, he is a, a franchise quarterback, but. Obviously, that's a big thing. The one comparison I had, the way that we've seen Ben DiNucci, which we'll talk about against the Eagles, some of the hits that he was taking, that's the NFL for you. That happens. too. is obviously a better quarterback, but he gets hit by these Khalil Mack-type players, Chandler Jones, things like that. Who knows what's going to happen injury-wise? So I, I, I'm, I do understand where you're coming from, but they, they drafted him for a reason. Uh, and I think he is the quarterback of the future, barring any big injuries.
0: Well, we'll see what happens. The draft <laughs> <over>. <laughs> we'll see what happens um, moving on to the next game uh, Kai had this one uh, the first half was surprisingly close in this game for a while I think a lot of people were wondering what was going on but in the end uh, Kansas City beat the New York Jets 35 points to 9 Kai, I, I know it's strange as do you have anything to say about this game it was a big scoring game for Kansas City but for the second game in a row they brought their backups out at the end of the game, they were so far ahead so what do you have to
2: say? Um, it was, I, I think we all expected the Chiefs to win, but I think they kind of did it in fact, pretty emphatically. turned into a bit of a rout at the end, and and obviously, like you say, the backups were out for a period towards the end. Um, and it just kind of turned into the Patrick Mahomes show. I think he was just having great fun. Um, didn't really need to really... Um, What's the word? Didn't really need to have to overextend himself. He just kinda of did everything very much within his means uh and made it a really easy game for him. Um obviously the big the big talking point coming into this week was was Levy or Bell playing against his former team. Um I thought the Russian game was pretty quiet in Kansas. Didn't it was, think it he was did a poor, lot on the ground. Um poor. six carries each for Bell and and Edwards Hilaire, um less than fifty yards or round about fifty yards. Um was 3 for 3 on receptions but they didn't really seem to use either of them a hell of a lot um, so I mean I would say from a fantasy point of view both of them are trending towards being pretty useless
0: yeah, um, Tell Mikey that because uh, we just had a lovely trade <laughs> where he took Clyde Edwards a layer off me so thanks Mikey
2: um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, that. That's probably unfair. They will still both pro- have good outlook and fantasy, but I just don't see them being um, like. But they're probably more likely to be bust than boom. Uh, I think the ceiling's probably closed quite a wee bit. Tyreek Kill decided to come back and get himself involved for the first time in a while. Um, Ninety-eight yards, two touchdowns. Uh, again, didn't really have a lot of pressure on either of his either of his catches. I think he was just running about, having a bit of fun as well. Um, but yeah, Chiefs probably won that, won that with ease, and didn't really need to do much. I would say the less said about the Jets, the better. Uh, I think there were something like two hundred odds yards total offense, which is absolutely uh, garbage. Um, and the only other thing I have to say is that Adam Gase is currently seven and sixteen as the Jets coach. And I was thinking, like, when is the final straw? When do the Jets just... I think it was that much. Uh, aye, honestly, I seven it. wins surprised me. They all came last season, obviously. Um, I think he finished last season seven and nine.
0: Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. That's true. Um, so he already has
2: almost as many losses this season as he's had in his whole career as a Jets coach. Yeah. Um, what I didn't realise is that the Jets are obviously still paying off their former coach, um, Todd Bowles and he is, I think they stopped paying him off at the end of this year, as in like calendar year 2020 um, but I feel like going into the new year, if they're already that far behind, I don't think there's any benefit in sacking Adam Gates at that point um, I think if, they've, if they still have him into the new year I think they'll just stick with him until the end of the season and get, then get rid of him.
0: Well, they have said Apparently, the management and at the Jets have said that Gase is part of the solution. Is what they've Sorry. said. I saw on, I saw that online that they have said that he is part of the solution to getting out of this. And I'm like, you can't be the solution and the problem like that. That doesn't <laughs> quite work. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I just want to quick. I mean, only oh, on go Mikey.
1: Oh no! All, all I was going to say is we spoke in a previous podcast about what we thought the Jets' records were going to be. I said they were going to be one sixteen. What, what did you two say? Do you remember?
0: I might have given them a Man. win. Man. <laughs> Maybe one in sixteen
2: if you're lucky, but I think we're all in agreement that 0-16 is a possibility.
1: Cannot see them winning a game. I can't I just physically can't do it. I mean Sam Darnold is a good quarterback, but I just cannot see them winning a game this season. They are horrendous.
0: Monday night against the Patriots uh this week. There we go. <laughs> my Adam's outlandish claim of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh my other question was just on the other side of the ball. Uh I maybe I've missed this, but when did we start calling Tyreek Hill Cheetah? Well, oh, that's been ever
1: since he that's came in the league for ages.
0: Oh, I'd, I'd yeah, never they heard, they well, call him
1: the Cheetah. Sure that, uh, i his Instagram social yeah. media handle uh,
0: well. I'd, I'd never heard them refer to him in a game as it and then this past couple of weeks like they've just been <laughs> referring to him as, oh and there's Cheetah doing whatever and I'm like, wait, what? Have I Who's that? that? So uh, at least I now know. But uh, yes, an easy win for Kansas City. No surprise there. Um, Moving on to the next game, where I'm sure I think all of us will get on to it at the end of the, the, the show. I think all of us thought it'd be a fairly easy win for Green Bay, but instead, uh, Dalvin Cook had something to say. Um, the score was Green Bay 22, Dalvin Cook 28, uh, <laughs> because the rest of Minnesota didn't do anything. Um, Dalvin Cook had 30 carries. For 163 yards and three touchdowns, and two catches for 63 yards and a touchdown. Cut um, Cousins only attempted 14 passes in the whole game. Like the Green Bay run defense is so bad that they didn't even the Minnesota didn't even have to pretend they were going to throw the ball yeah. to get a run. Like there was just they just went, we're going to run, and the Green Bay defense is well, there's nothing we can do about it because we. Are the worst team in football against the run statistically? Um it was it was bad. But Davin Cook was very impressive when he returned from injury. On the Green Bay side of the ball, surprise, surprise, uh Aaron Rodgers passing to Devontae Adams, seven catches, fifty-three yards, three touchdowns. Basically it was Cook against Adams. That's all it was there. <laughs> um The interesting fact I had from this game was in the first half there were four possessions. That was all, and each of them went for a touchdown. It was very, very efficient from the, the offensive. Yeah. But mainly that long, was for, long
1: scoring drive. Yeah, yeah,
0: that was for mainly Dalvin Cook. Um, but the thing that gets me with this Green Bay defence, now I apologise, Kai, because I know that we slag you off for talking about the Eagles too much, but I'm just quickly going to talk for the Green Bay defence here, is that most of Dalvin Cook's runs, they didn't even get a hand on him. He was just running with no one anywhere, like through through the line with no one there. Mikey, are you just just disappointed with this defense as I am?
1: Yes, and no. I mean, first game of the season when we played the Vikings, we were—I mean, we had a safety. We had—I'm pretty sure we had a pick six as well. Um, but that was mainly from the secondary. I think our, our defensive line is struggling. I think we miss Kenny Clark massively. Yep. Um But we—I mean, in recent years, we haven't been a big defensive unit. We have struggled at times, and we do get involved in shootouts quite a lot, which is good because we do have Aaron Jones, who's just a touchdown monster, and Devontae Adams and Rodgers. But there is games where this is going to happen, uh, simple as that. And um, Dalvin Cook just found the right holes. I, I don't think it was anything to do with how good Vikings' offensive line was. I think it was in two parts. Dalvin Cook was just on his game. There's no other reason for it. He was phenomenal, and our defensive line just, just couldn't deal with him. But I think we do need some pieces in there um, on both sides of the ball, but it was just a a poor performance. But I like to think that, as we've said in the past, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have back-to-back bad games, and he didn't have a bad game this week. um, So hopefully bounce back with a a big win against probably our our biggest um, trying to get the San Francisco monkey off our backs from previous seasons.
0: Yes, for our Thursday night football, which is fairly COVID affected this week, but we'll we'll get to that later on when to do a quick prediction for tonight. But as you say, Rogers didn't play particularly badly. You know, two hundred and ninety one yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, passer rating of over hundred and ten. I feel it's a bit kind on Kurt Cousin looking at his passer rating to give him a passer rating of one hundred and thirty eight since he only threw the ball fourteen times. <laughs> but I suppose it's all to do with like pers- a, a deduction
2: based on how little you throw the ball. Yeah. But, uh, you need, but you, you know, need to throw the ball more than a certain number of times to gain a rating <laughs> in the first place.
0: Yeah, the, you know it, it was the Dalvin Cook show, and uh, I think every team in football would like to have a running back like Dalvin Cook. Um, it's but yeah, we'll move on from that one quickly. Kai, you had the the next game. It was the Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions, forty-one points to twenty-one. The Colts won that game.
2: Um, I think I think the score lines slightly. Um, I don't think the the scoring quite reflects how the game went. Uh, I think it looks a lot better on the Colts than it does, than it actually was. Um don't think either team was particularly good. Um, the Colts just scored all their points in two separate quarters, and then the other two just decided to lounge about. I think they scored 20 points in the second quarter, and then 21 points in the fourth quarter. They must um, like the playing in that direction.
0: Th- that must have been what it I, was. Yeah.
2: You know, whatever way they were going Aye. for the, the first and the third quarter something just wasn't quite right for them and <laughs> um, the, the sun was in in uh, philip rivers eyes or something and that covered stadium um, <laughs> 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 but yeah I, th- I think philip rivers was the one to kind of drive it on uh and then the Lions just fell to pieces on d um and those two quarters the other to go to the other side of the ball and go to the lions um Twenty nine yards of rushing offense.
0: I'm just looking at the stats there. Uh it's really efficient. Twenty-nine yards. Yeah, uh, Adrian Peterson five attempts, seven yards, and DeAndre Swift, six attempts for one yard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> DeAndre D- Swift was running backwards, I think. I don't know <laughs> what he was doing. Um but then they had <laughs> then they had three hundred and forty yards through the air. Like M- Matt Stafford's clearly gone. Stuff you guys. I'm just giving it to everyone else Considering Kenny Galladay was out as well, like, um, a bit bizarre. But Jones got the touchdowns. Hawkinson seemed to see most of the targets. I think he was the only one with double figures targets. Yeah. Um, but Marvin Hall had over a hundred, hundred receiving yards. Um, he seems to, he seems to have got all the got all the big games. Um, yeah. yeah not much else really to say in the game it wasn't the most exciting in the world um, the Colts are now at the top of the FC South for the Titans, tied on 5-2 and two. Um, they just kind of snuck up there while the Titans were, were kind of stumbling a wee bit, um, but they do have the Ravens, the Titans, the Packers and then the Titans again in their next four games, I think there's a very high possibility that they come out of that with um, no wins
0: well, for my uh, Super Bowl pick, to be correct, I'm hoping they do get some wins. On the, on the <laughs> Indianapolis side of the ball, uh, for the rushing game, obviously Jordan Wilkins had most of the carries and uh, the touchdown. Um, mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor was fairly poor, but there's been talk that that was apparently because he had an ankle injury, which no one had been talking about. I don't quite know if it was, he had it before the game or if he got it in the game, but...
2: It's kind of a bit of a grey area, I think, by the by the looks of it. Um, I think the stats kind of cover it up a little bit. Um, oh, so, sorry, the stats point towards there being something kind of strange going on, but nobody really knows what. Yeah. Um, the Lions, sorry, just uh, you know, I like my stats. Um, the Lions are now five and fourteen at home since two thousand and fourteen, which is the second worst record in the NFL. Like, I, I don't think you would ever have guessed that, but. I, I don't know I always find the Lions to be a, a pretty decent team and well, you would think most people would have a better home record than they would on the road
0: Well I, I still question how Matt Patricia has a job there because he doesn't have a winning record <laughs> and he, there's just constant
1: Is it his pedigree from New England uh, as I, defensive coordinator? I
0: hope it's not his style because he looks like a slob <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't come across as someone who looks like a head coach, but uh... he would he
1: would fit he would fit well in this podcast. Oh, hundred Beards and not washed. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Kai's looking in disgust as if it was uh, he's not
2: Kai with the relatively short hair,
0: the severe <laughs> lack of facial hair. I mean, and the physique of an athlete. You've yeah. not commented on if you've washed yet or not, though, Kai. That's the only thing. <laughs> Aye, that can
2: go unnoticed. <laughs> the green mist on the screens. Uh,
0: but yeah, that bring that. that was uh that was though a high scoring game. I think I I projected the Colts to win that, and they did. Um, the next game on our Sunday uh Sunday afternoon uh slate of games was uh Las Vegas Raiders against Cleveland. Uh, I'm not going to let the two of you talk about this because it was not a good game. So I'm going to do a quick monologue and then move on to the next one. So the Raiders won the game sixteen points to six. The highlights for the game were Landry's one-handed catch, where I think Mikey was like, "Oh, he's learnt that off OBJ." Um, but the it was unbelievably windy; that uh, there were very tough conditions. It wasn't a great game. A lot of the kicks, one end was fine, but the other end, they were even like five, six yards outside the right-hand upright, and it was still going left. It was it was crazy. But um, but yeah, not a great game. Let's move on that's what i've said so far so we're going to move on because it was the next please game. move on yeah the next game was also one of mine and it was uh, the tennessee titans at the cincinnati bengals the bengals got behind early on and couldn't catch up uh sorry the the, the titans got behind early couldn't catch up um i think the bengals are a good team uh i think they uh, even without mixing their running game was all right um but their receivers are really good I think their defense is fairly solid and their one weakness is their offensive line and the Titans couldn't capitalize on that because the Titans rush is so bad like they don't have any pass rush at all the, the couple of times they got to burrow as well burrow got out of the pocket there was one when he appeared to be he appeared to be tackled like at those two or three full cornermen. and somehow he appeared with the ball out and threw it it was unbelievable
2: it was three separate people tried to tackle him on that one play, and he managed to duck under every one of them.
0: Yeah,
1: it was
2: Justin crazy. Herbert would have ducked under five.
1: <laughs> oh. we, we said,
2: <laughs> moving on.
1: We said that uh, <laughs> I said on a previous podcast that uh, when you looked at the draft class of the Dolphins and the Bengals, bringing in the franchise quarterbacks, Miami brought in a lot of offensive linemen for to build around Tua over the coming years. I think. Bengals and their seven draft picks um, only had one. Uh, and, and it shows just now they, they really, really struggle um, in their offensive line, I think. And it's, it is going to hurt uh, Joe Burrow this season and perhaps maybe next season if, if they don't continue to build around that. that. That's the one point that they need to do. They've got good catchers. They've got good runners. They are a few pieces away on D. Uh, I think they maybe need to be better on secondary because they are losing a lot of yardage to deep balls. But the, their main priority this off-season must be to protect Joe Burrow for, for next season.
0: Yep, I totally agree with you there. Uh, on the Tennessee side of the ball, Corey Davis again uh, with the, the lead uh, target share uh, with 10 targets and uh, AJ Brown with 7 targets. Um, Kai, I'll ask you this because you were fairly unhappy uh, after our waivers went through in our fantasy Uh do you think Corey Davis is someone you should be targeting? Uh but is he is he now becoming one of the favoured pieces in this offense, or has it just been because AJ Brown was being shadowed by the best corner?
2: I think um I think you've seen it since week one that, that Tannehill does like kind of spreading it about quite a bit. Um obviously AJ Brown was out for a couple of weeks, I think two three, maybe two or three, potentially three or four actually. Um so, within that time, obviously, he had to look elsewhere. It looked like Adam Humphreys seemed to be getting a lot of the carries then. John o. Smith at tight end was um, getting a lot of the targets as well. And Corey Davis had kind of been just kind of ticking along, and then this week, all of a sudden, kind of blew up a bit, um, even with AJ Brown in the team. I I can see that continuing to be a thing. I think the the issue, and we've obviously we discussed it last week with with uh, Green Bay and their lack of a, a wide receiver too, is that I, I don't think the Titans have had a defined wide receiver too so far this season. Um, And I think when you've got someone as good as AJ Brown, he's probably going to be shadowed by the best corner on the team and potentially even like doubled up on. So if you have someone like Corey Davis, who is, I'm not saying equally as capable as AJ Brown, but he's, he's still a capable receiver, Um. I think you'll probably see an upturn in his in his um targets and receptions and stuff in the next couple of weeks. Hence why I was so devastated when somebody managed to sneak in. I it wasn't that if it had just been that, I would have been annoyed, but it was my first and
0: second picks off the waivers, both got nicked off me. Oh well. That's all I've got to say. Um in terms of you know, they drafted Cody Davis to be the number one receiver because he was what, mm-hmm. the fourth or fifth pick in the draft when they when they picked him. Yeah. So, like, he he's a he certainly is someone who who should be acting as a number one receiver. I think I think the two of them between Davis and Brown that could be unbelievable. Um, if Tannehill decides to to get back to the form that he showed at the start of the season and you know at the end of last year, because I feel the past the last few games he's uh, not been as good as he had been. Derek Henry yet again over hundred yards and a touchdown. Nothing to comment really are there. And um, it was a quiet game for him. Yeah, exactly. That's why like, I've just brushed over. 100 yards and a touchdown. No surprises. Yeah, that's, you know? <laughs> that's what we
1: were talking about with Alvin Kamara as well. He has 150 scrimmage yards and you're like, God, that's poor. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's it's it's, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, both uh, Samadji Ryan and Gio Bernard got a touchdown in the rushing uh, side of the game for the Bengals. I think they'll look forward to Mixon coming back because neither of them are particularly big and uh, Mixon will just go through people when he eventually does come back. But uh, but yeah, I think it was all no all a good game. I think Cincinnati were 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 certainly worth the win. Uh, they certainly deserved it. I thought uh, they they didn't do anything to to too special, but they were solid to win the game. And I think the same with Tennessee. I think you know none of them played particularly badly. It was actually quite a good game of football, uh, and Cincinnati just got ahead and Titans couldn't catch up. Uh, Mikey, you are now going to be talking about our next game where the New England Patriots travel to the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills won 24 points to 21, but it could so easily have been different, couldn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I said it in the group chat or if I said it to Kai separately, when the Patriots were doing their, on their final drive, I think there was just over a minute left in the clock and they were about midfield and they had two timeouts as well. And I said, they have all the time in the world. That was all I said. That They've got two timeouts, they can, they can still run the ball. They weren't under a serious pressure they went down by four either so if it came to it they could have hit the field goal to take it to overtime and i always say if, if the team that takes it to overtime usually has the momentum to, to win the game um regardless of if they get the ball in overtime but obviously cam newton fumbled the ball um silly mistake that it's been spoken about for years the way cam runs with the ball he, he has it out from his body he's holding it with one hand he never really tucks it into himself and it, it showed, um, obviously, with the fumble it cost in the game. But in my opinion, it, it cost a lot more than the game. This was a complete changing of the guard in that division. Um, since 2000, there's been 38 games between the two of them. Do any of you know how many the Bills have won?
0: I know that they certainly haven't won any since McDermott has been the Bills' head coach. That's all yep. I know. I'm going to suggest... Get a hazard, I guess. In less than five. Yeah, I was going to say three. Well,
1: in the middle, four, four. four wins. There we
0: go.
1: Patriots have had 34 since 2000. So this was more than just a, an individual regular season division game. This was about so much more. The one thing that is gutting about this game is the fact that the Bills fans weren't in the stadium for this because they would have loved to be there for that first win. Um, and I think since maybe 2016. And as it just shows that the Bills are probably going to run away with this division. Um I like the fact that the Bills and Dolphins need to play each other as well, but you, you Bills have the most talent in that division to, to run away with that and get the playoff spot from there. Um, but yeah, huge win for Buffalo in more ways than one, but it all comes down to that Cam Newton fumble. It was it was ridiculous. Silly mistake.
0: Yeah, just looking at uh, other experts talking about that fumble, he's holding it in the wrong hand. I know you're talking about his running style, yep. but apparently I, i'm not an nfl player so i don't know this but apparently when you're told when you're you're taught about running you put it in the hand that is as far away from like the, the defensive line and stuff as possible so that they can't just punch it out they have to they have to get round you to get to the ball and cam was just holding it on the side and he saw that lineman just come and literally just punch the ball out it was so easy to do um on the other side of the ball uh It was equal rushing attempts, 14 each for Singletary and Moss, with Moss getting the two touchdowns. Possibly changing of the guard at the running back position for the Bills. Um, Singletary obviously has had most of the carries. Moss was injured for a couple of games there, but it looks like Moss certainly is the goal line back, and it looks like he was being used a lot more as well. So that'll be interesting to see. Moss was someone else who I was looking for uh, in fantasy. I think Kai was looking for him as well, but neither of us got him.
2: Yeah, so uh... I think I think you could potentially be right in terms of the the running backs in uh, Buffalo. I think Devin Singletary's not really set the world alight so far this season. Um, he's shown glimpses of being good, but it just looks like he struggles to kind of break through people. Um, he's not very big for a start. He's a very very small running back. Um, yeah, I think I think that was maybe the the turning point there.
0: Yes, I think so as well. And uh Stefan Diggs, another six receptions, ninety two yards, most targeted receiver. (laughs) I'm just looking at the stats there, right? Stefan Diggs was targeted was targeted nine times and no one else was targeted more than two times. (laughs) Right. It's I think it's a bit obvious who Alan's trying to pass the the ball to. Stefan Diggs effect, isn't it? Yeah exactly. Unbelievable. Well Kai Um, we'll move on to the next game which you had you get to talk about your boy Herbert again but um, the Chargers were at uh, the Broncos the Broncos won 31 points to 30 now here's my stat, no I'm not going to steal the stat off you, I'm sure you're going to have
1: the I'm I'm sure
0: Um, you're going to have this stat for how poor the Chargers are at holding onto Leeds
2: I don't actually have it written down I've just noticed that, I'll let you get it at the end but I have a few other ones Um, yeah I'll I'll talk about Herbert first, right? I think he somehow managed to have a really good day, but also have a really bad day at the same time.
0: Explain.
2: Um, <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to slate him considering he had almost three hundred yards, three touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions, and it looked like he was kind of playing a wee bit more erratic. I think that his inexperienced, and the NFL started to show, um, certainly in the second half. When they're leading by so much, I think you just need someone with a cool head. He was trying, I mean, I think that he did complete one to, um, to Mike Williams, which, according to stats, had a 19% completion probability. So if you were to take that 100 times, only 19 times would you complete it. And the, it was the most improbable completion by Justin Herbert this season, apparently. Um, so as much as he is playing well and he's kind of got the confidence to throw the pass that maybe some quarterbacks wouldn't or that you wouldn't expect a rookie quarterback to throw, he maybe needs to be a bit more sensible about when he, he throws that pass and when he maybe just tries to, to work the ball up the field strategically, because um, then... I think it was potentially on the next drive after that touchdown, they tried almost the same pass and um, it didn't quite work this time because the the corner had clearly clicked onto the fact that Mike Williams was going to be the, the threat in that corner and he just looked over his shoulder and picked the ball out there.
1: Um, I think that separates, especially as a rookie, the the best quarterbacks from the... Yeah. I'm not saying he's average or bad, but it, it's that next level. I think you would have probably seen it with Kyler Murray last year. Um, he wasn't playing those stupid throws, and Herbert. Just in this game alone, not not the full season, but this game, he could have went down the Kyler Murray path and been sens- sensible with the ball. Or the person I feel that he was most compared to in this game is Daniel Jones, who just makes throws for the sake of it when he's in, he's pressured, and he could throw the ball out of bounds. And it's not it's not a, a bad thing on here, but obviously still learning in this league. But that that was the one. Obviously, the most disappointing thing, probably looking at the Chargers' uh, loss this week, is that just a few silly mistakes. But it happens as a rookie anyway.
0: Herbert's actually reminded me a lot of Josh Allen, not only in physique, you know, and all that, but like the way he's playing, like that big arm, you know, launching down the field. Josh Allen at the start of his career, there was folk going, "Oh, is he a bit?" Erratic? You know, I feel as if a few years yeah. in the league, you might mature and turn into something. I think in, a, in a, a kind of strange way, I think potentially it could be a
2: good thing for Herbert. I think.
1: That's what I was going to say there, yeah. The,
2: the, the last couple of weeks have been have been great for him and he's maybe just needing... I'm not saying he needs brought back down to earth because I think he seems like a, a very grounded person and I think he won't have got too carried away. But I think it's maybe just a wee reminder that you're in the NFL, like just be he'll sensible learn, about it.
1: He'll learn more from that loss than if they would have won that game for sure. Oh,
2: yeah, 100%. I think if they'd won that game, I think he would have probably fallen into a wee bit of false sense of security yeah. of... I, I've actually comments, played quite badly there.
1: Yeah, this performance that happened this week would have happened at some point in the season had yeah. he won this week. So yeah. it was going to happen at some point. And yeah, uh, the the Chargers aren't going to win a Super Bowl this year. And it's the no. first season under Herbert. So it, it was a, a good lesson for him to learn for sure.
2: Definitely. And I think, um, kind of still talking about the Chargers, I got into the Broncos in a second because the Broncos did pretty well. Um, they had 200 yards, over 200 yards of rushing offense from the Chargers. So obviously without Austin Eckler, um, they seem to be coping quite well. Uh, who's, I think
0: it was, who's this boy Pope? None of us really. I don't know where, I don't but... where he came
2: from. I think folk were expecting either Justin Jackson or um Joshua Kelly. And then this came from oh, I don't up. even know. <laughs> good keeper I've heard. Um, I I d I don't really understand where he's come from, but I he seems to the pop Vatican. up out of nowhere oh. and um and do quite a lot of work. But um to move to the Broncos' side of the ball, very much a tale of two halves.
0: Can I quickly jump um, in? With the, can, can I quickly jump in with these stats you are talking about for the Chargers? Yeah, go for over. it. Sorry. So the Chargers are the first team in NFL history to squander four straight leads of sixteen points or more. Now we were talking about the Lions throwing away games that they go ahead, and you know, and the Falcons throwing away, but four straight leads of sixteen points or more—the first time ever—and halfway through the third quarter, they were up twenty-four-three. Yeah. According to Pro Football Reference, they had a ninety-nine point three percent chance of winning the game at that point.
2: If you're talking about the Chargers, you shouldn't lose a game no, from that point. No, you 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 really shouldn't. Regardless of who's on the other side of the ball, like you just shouldn't. Exactly, you should be good enough to do that. Um, but yeah, Taylor two halves very much for the Broncos. Um, <laughs> in the first half, did without looking at the stats. Do you think you could tell me uh, their net rushing
0: yardage? Is it not something stupid like two?
2: Yes. Yeah. Two net rushing yards for the first half. And then in the second half, they scored 28 points. Yeah. <laughs> <Unbelievable>. um, <laughs> I, I don't know what happened at halftime, but um, I, I mean, reminiscent of like a, a Sir Alex Ferguson hairdryer treatment in the dressing room or something, I think someone went through them. Um, Philip Lindsay and... Uh, Melvin Gordon were relatively quiet uh, despite Philip Lindsay's big 55 yard dash uh, aside from that they only had 55, uh, 54 yards between them um, the, I have a wee question but I ask like that at the end actually um, and Drew Locke managed to engineer a final drive touchdown to get the win despite his questionable dancing um, to yes. celebrate. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not that entirely was. sure what that was, that was and I think I would probably recommend he never does it again because it totally ruined what was a very impressive one. Could you... Could you if
1: Justin <laughs> did that, you'd be like, oh
0: that's so cool! Can, can, I, ask no. you, can I ask you, can I ask you, Kai, could you tell us who caught the touchdowns for Denver?
2: Uh, in the same way that the guy <laughs> on Red Zone did, it was... Um, Albert. Oh,
0: because <laughs> <laughs> I
2: am not going to try and say that second name. Uh, I think I would probably drown in, yes. um, in slivers.
0: Um Bonan? Something like that.
2: I actually have two questions for you. Sorry, I've just for both of you. So the Broncos got to three and four um, in that division. I know it's not obviously a great record, but do you think there could be a battle for second place in that division going on now? I'm not necessarily saying... Uh, a playoff place there'll
1: be, it'll be a, a battle for sure Um,
2: I, 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 obviously I, there's going to be a battle but like do you think that because obviously the Raiders are only at 4-3 and three, the Broncos at 3-4 and four. Um,
0: I'm going to say I'm, I'm, going to I'm say not yes. convinced by the Raiders but I'm going to say yes but not involving the Broncos do you think the Chargers will get I, there I think Chargers and the Raiders will have a fight but I think the Raiders will just do it now Just, I thought there the Chargers you. at the start of the season but.
1: it's interesting because yes the 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 Las Vegas Raiders are four and three at the moment. Mm-hmm. They still have to play Denver twice, LA twice, and then Kansas as well. So they out of their remaining, what's that one? Dude?
0: Nine
1: out of their remaining nine games, they've got five divisional games, which is huge. I know I said that they, I, I think they would make the playoffs, but that is huge. That's that's ve- it, it almost seems every season there's a couple of teams that literally. Sixty to seventy percent of the remaining games are all divisional games, which always makes it really exciting. But I, I think there'll be a. I think Denver are a, a quietly good team. I don't think they, they light up the box score or must watch TV. But I think there could potentially be a, a three way race for for second place, and I personally think the Raiders will get it. I
2: think. Um, I think obviously you've got to look at the fact as well that the, the the Broncos have kind of been a bit unfortunate so far this season in the way of they've not really had a settled offense. Until now, they obviously had quarterback troubles through through the first few weeks. They were onto a third string quarterback um, at one point. Obviously, Philip Lindsay's been in and out. Uh, Melvin Gordon had a, a wee bit of a naughtiness uh, a few weeks in and yes. managed to get himself done. Um, so I, I I can see the Broncos potentially potentially kind of settling into a, a, if they get a, if they get everyone fit. Obviously, Noah Fant actually as well. Noah Fant was out for a few weeks. To get everyone fit and they can kind of make a push for the next few games, I think I think that division could end up quite interesting. Um, my other question for you um, is, do you think Jerry Judy, considering, he's, considering how good he was in, in college and, and how highly touted he was, do you think he's struggling a bit to adapt to the NFL? He only has one touchdown through all the weeks. Now, I'm not saying we, we base things on touchdowns. His highest um, yardage total was this week was 73. Do you think, in comparison to other rookies, now I think this is probably going to be a yes, but do you think he's he is struggling to live up to his reputation from college?
1: I wouldn't say he's struggling because, as we spoke about quarterbacks, if, if you have a top 10 pick, it means you're most likely a, a very poor franchise, um, whether it was just a one-off bad season or you're, you've been struggling for a couple of years. So when quarterbacks go into these poor teams, usually they struggle as well. So... He's went into, a, again, a team that doesn't light up the box score every week. That's probably a bit uh, punch-mouth football. Whereas you've got Chase Claypool on a 7-0 and team. And you've got Justin Jefferson on a team that's thrown the ball a lot because they've been behind most weeks. So I, I don't think it's any indication on him as a player. I think it's just not been as seamless a transition for him to, to the Denver Broncos.
0: I think he's looked quite good. But I think the reason... That perhaps the stats suggest he's not been that good as the schedule the Broncos have had because they've played they've played the Titans who have a good secondary they've played the Steelers and we know what their defense is like they've played the Buccaneers and we know what their defense is like they've played the Jets and you know, the Jets defense is better than their <laughs> offense but you know um they've played the Patriots, which again have had a good defense the chiefs who I think their defense is fairly underrated. And then the Chargers this week, so he hasn't had really, really easy games to start off his NFL career. What do you think, Kai? Necessarily suggesting he had struggled. I
2: was just asking; I was curious to see. What, um, what's your opinion? I, I would say, I would say, through seven games, he's not quite been what what you would expect of him. I think if you're a Broncos fan, you probably think, "Oh my god, we're getting like one of these top three receivers out of this." And I think when you look to now, obviously, you've given reasons for why Jefferson and Claypool are obviously better. But when you look to Claypool, you look to Justin Jefferson, um, and then you look to Jerry Judy, who, yes, has looked good in spells, but hasn't been quite consistent. I think you probably want a bit more from him. But I think, I think, come next season or towards the tail end of this season, I think he might start to pick up a wee bit. I would like to think he would pick up a wee bit if they start to get more favourable matchups and maybe, um. In a strange way, if they're losing more games, I think if they're throwing the ball a bit more, you might get to see them come into fruition. But. I, th-
0: I think as well, I think Drew Locke will eventually improve. I, I I don't have him hugely rated at the moment, but in his four years at college, he had four different offensive coordinators. In his two years in the NFL so far, he's had two different offensive coordinators. He, he's never had the same playbook every year. So I, yeah. I think if you give him a bit of consistency, he's got a chance of learning that, improving, and that will obviously bring up the rest of his team as well. I also think that's,
1: in the long term, that's a good thing, because that's what happened with Joe Burrow. He was at Ohio State, transferred to LSU, had two different offensive coordinators. Now he's at the Bengals. long term, you're learning different things, and Drew Locke having that, I didn't know he had that many offensive coordinators. That three, four years' time, that's going to benefit him massively.
0: Yeah, I think it will, but I think it's certainly... It's a struggle for him at the moment because he's never had that. Yeah. You know, he, d- he doesn't know everything. Because he's, he's, it's like it's like learning. You know, six different recipe books over the course of six years. You're not going to remember them all off by heart. But um, I, th- I think I think he will certainly improve uh, over the next few years. For the Russian side of that game, just quickly for me, I think Philip Lindsay looks a lot better than Melvin Gordon. And if they just gave Lindsay I'm the ball sure. more <laughs> than like they did last year, but we'll see what happens there. Um, move on to the next game, which is one of mine. Uh, San Francisco at Seattle. Um, let's talk about Seattle first. Uh, that DK Metcalf first touchdown was... Shouldn't be allowed. Should, no, shouldn't be. I, I don't understand how he's managed to make that touchdown, but it was unbelievable. Um, DJ Dallas, the fourth string running back, manages to get himself a couple of touchdowns in that game. Um, but on the defensive side of the ball for Seattle, I thought Bobby Wagner was brilliant. The number of times he, he put this game. he put pressure on that quarterback was unbelievable. I thought he was definitely definitely worth his 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 money there. I think we had a discussion in our big group chat during the game, and I was saying that Wagner for middle linebacker for the Seahawks, and then Warner middle linebacker for the Forty Nine ers. Like they are two of the, the best you know middle linebackers I think I've I've seen in the NFL. Um, unbelievable. Obviously, on the San Francisco side of the ball, the main story was Jimmy G injured out an in IR, George Kittle injured out an in IR, Tevin Coleman played three snaps and then was injured again and went off. They've got $80 million worth of cap space on their IR at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did, we- uh, did we not
2: say it last, last week or the week before? Last thing you might have mentioned it, Mikey, and we were just talking about it, is how unfortunate the 49ers have been with injuries along with the Eagles, like... They just they just can't seem to catch a break.
0: Mikey's why screwing are you screwing, screwing your face his, up?
2: Mikey? His face
1: up. <laughs> if there's anybody that's been injury-prone in that year division, it's been the Cowboys. Eagles are an afterthought when it comes to injuries.
2: It was you that said two weeks ago. I feel sorry for the Eagles because they can't catch a break with injuries.
1: Well, I changed my mind because they can't catch passes either, <laughs> and it cuts my fantasy teams.
2: Oh, there we go. Very narrow-minded <laughs> approach. I was merely stating a point, but Michael, Michael likes to bring it back to, to go back to again.
1: That, the 49ers... Have been absolutely. That that was
2: the main points. point I was making yeah, there. That was the main point to I
1: was go back making. To, they've been decimated by injuries because they've they've had a relatively favourable run so far this season. I mean they've they've played the Jets and the Giants, and that was when their, their big um their big injuries came. They've had the Eagles, Miami. Um, it's just it's just been a tough tough start to the season for them. But in saying that, that just shows how good Kyle Shanahan is and the rest of the roster is that they're still four and four and they're still in the mix, so to say. So um, but two very tough games coming up against Green Bay, New Orleans, and then actually just looking at it now, they've got the Rams and then the Bills. So four very, very tough games coming up. This will probably make a break this season.
0: Is Jimmy Garoppolo's time in San Francisco over? Yes. Yes. No. No? Yeah. I think so. I think possibly. I think this is the excuse they needed. I know he took them to a Super Bowl last year, but really, I think we've talked about this before. It's a system. It's a running game mainly. You could put any quarterback in it. Hence, they put Nick Mullins in it, and the, yeah. Nick Mullins looked good when he came on. He, <laughs> you know,
1: as we said earlier, he he Joe Flaccoed himself into a Super Bowl basically.
0: Yeah. I, so that's why I think I think that's why he's done. I don't. I think he'd have liked to have moved off him because he realised he wasn't what they thought he was going to be. But when someone takes you to a Super Bowl, you can't really go, oh, I'm going to chuck you out because the fans won't agree with you. But now these yeah. injuries are going to give him an excuse, I think, for Shanahan. I think he's going to go, right, look, he gets injured all the time. We can't rely on him. We need someone else. And I think the San Francisco fans to will be... To
1: flip that then, if the Rams this season were in the exact same situation that the 49ers are in, where they lose? big, Say they lose Aaron Donald because obviously they've lost, the 49ers have lost Bosa for the season, things like that. And Jared Goff, is really struggling, and then he's injured for six weeks. Having taken them to Super Bowl and lost, and obviously not performing kind of since then, would you think that if it was the same situation with the Rams that they would move on from Jared Goff?
2: I think Jared Goff's rubbish. Um,
0: I think there's too much draft capital behind Goff. There's not for Garoppolo, but there is for Goff.
1: Totally. Yeah, um, so that's what I think as well. The, the one thing I, I think, think
0: that... is that see the Jets uh, if they get the first overall pick and they choose to ship Sam Darnold, and the San Francisco 49ers are looking for a new quarterback. Sam Darnold could go into this offense, and I think he's a huge improvement on Garoppolo.
2: What I did see, I don't know how how much this was actually true, or like a serious thing, or whether someone was just trying to wind folk up, and I'm just going to say it now to try and wind both of you up. Uh, I saw someone saying that um, Aaron Rodgers has been a long-term admirer, of the 49ers and he's, he's, he's from, he's, always,
1: from oh, he's from California Yeah yeah.
2: yeah so, so Folks say that's where He could potentially Want to finish his career Um, I would I think that would be Quite funny No I, I can think understand quite it, like To a see Aaron, Aaron Rodgers End up there I can understand he, that see if Jimmy Garoppolo Garoppolo <laughs> Garoppolo ends up going I I think that could Potentially
1: Rodgers wanted to be drafted The 49ers had the Number one pick in the draft When Rodgers was drafted And who did they go with Instead was it
0: I can't, I, I can't remember that far back <laughs> no but um,
1: anyway I'm he, he 21
2: he's like, been in that <laughs>
1: he was obviously very upset at the fact that he, the California kid they obviously didn't um, get drafted by the team that he supports he's been outspoken about his support for the 49ers but obviously with the whole Jordan Love situation he has said that he, he might not finish his career in Green Bay and Never thought about it until right now, but 100% would not be surprised it if that happens.
0: a, huge amount of be a sense good fit for him. Going somewhere hot. Sorry? It makes a huge yeah. amount of sense going somewhere hot. Think Brady. You know, he was at New England. It's not particularly pleasant. And basically he's retired to Tampa Bay where it's nice and hot. You know, Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay where it's pouring with snow in the middle of November. You know, like, no, no thank you. no for me. I'll go and play my last two or three years in the nice, hot Californian sun. I can 100% see that happen.
1: The first pick in the 2005 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers, selected Alex Smith.
0: Well, I mean, that, oh wasn't, a, that wasn't a really bad pick.
1: No, no, he he was a great college quarterback at Utah. So, um, But I totally, totally understand if Aaron Rodgers was to go back to California to finish his career.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and
1: potentially win a ring with that D.
0: A lot of people, I say a lot, a few I've seen online, have then suggested that if Garoppolo leaves 49ers, I know there's a lot of ifs and buffs in this, if he does leave, New England would be interested in him. Because obviously, New England was there, he was drafted, Belichick trained him up, thought it was great, was just annoyed that Brady Most didn't annoyed. leave early enough.
2: Maybe? Um, I think if you're New England and you're looking at the situation when you've just lost someone like Tom Brady, you've brought in Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton's very much like a stopgap thing. I think New England need to be looking to go full rebuild. I don't think they want to look to someone like Jimmy Garoppolo, who, a is not very good. I don't think he's he's obviously got the the stats behind him and he has the career, but I think it. I think you want to look to either build round someone like Cam Newton or just wipe the slate clean and and go from the start. Yeah. Um, unless you unless you bring in someone like Jimmy Garoppolo and play someone under him. Um, but yeah, I can't see it.
0: Yeah, well, just a thought, as I say. I have, a, yeah. I have a feeling that San Francisco might move off of Garoppolo, as I say. Um, the name that uh, I say, I suggested there was Darnold. A lot of other people are suggesting Matt Ryan might go to San Francisco. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when Ryan was there. Uh, when, when, sorry, where were Ryan? Um, when Shanahan was there. The only thing that I think that... The reason that might not happen is the salary that Matt Ryan's on, <laughs> and I don't think San Francisco could actually afford that at the moment. But um, This NFC West is very strong, I have to say. I think I think a, a, lot, of, a lot of good teams in this, uh, I think San Francisco are the worst, to be honest. Um, but just saying something, because they're better than a lot of teams. In fact, all the teams in the NFC East. Um, sorry, that was a, a slide dig at uh, Kai's Eagles there but <laughs> he's looking at me with disgust you're just building things into my egos discussion here like. but uh, Seattle I think are unbelievable I think I think they're the Super Bowl pick for the NFC does anyone, does anyone agree with me or
2: disagree? No, 100%, 100% I can't see anyone else getting there uh, instead of them I think Mikey was saying it yesterday and he's, I don't know if he mentioned it on Sunday night as well we're talking about DK Metcalf. I think through the past two seasons, last season and this season, he's obviously going as a, a mid-round pick. I think Mikey, we were discussing that it could be second-round pick for in, in fantasy drafts. It could be a second-round pick potentially late first round. I think he's Mikey also said he could potentially be the best receiver in the league for years to come, and I can't I can't disagree with that. I think he's phenomenal. Um and like you say with that first touchdown the other night, <clears throat> um, you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to score a touchdown from there. He's on the, he's almost on the other side of the field and he just yeah. runs sideways, runs around a couple of foot and then just scampers in. Um, aye, very very good asset for the
0: Seahawks to have. I think Mikey has been quoted saying that the NFC runs through Seattle. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think I said that in the one of the first podcasts that we did, maybe a week two or three or something like that, or three or four. The but I also said that the Chiefs were the AFC team, but slightly changed my mind now with the Steelers. But the, the Seahawks is just a. There's been nothing, not even Arizona Cardinals game. There's been nothing that has made me waver my my, my uh, excuse me my opinion on that. Um, Seahawks look very legit this year.
0: Yep, I totally agree. Uh, moving on to two teams in the NFC, Mikey, who are both still above 500 somehow, I would say. <laughs> uh, the the New Orleans Saints at the Chicago Bears. New Orleans Saints won it in overtime, 26-23. to 23. Mikey, what do you have to say about that one?
1: Not much, to be honest, considering it was like a quote-unquote overtime thriller. Um, usually two winning teams are, are exciting to watch, especially both from the same conference. Um, it just wasn't it just wasn't really an exciting game. That's, in my opinion anyway, I don't know about you two, but just not a crazy lot to talk about. But Drew Brees is 5-0 in his last five starts against the Bears. Uh, Ten touchdowns to zero interceptions. Um, I don't think he was fantastic. I thought he was clinical. Uh, I thought he did everything that he had to do. Um, then also as well, Alvin Kamara has, is averaging 150 scrimmage yards per game this season. Which, that doesn't even include receptions, touchdowns, anything like that. Which is just, I think he's the best weapon in the NFL. Probably saying that because McCaffrey's been out this season uh, and we've not really seen him and he's not in the forefront of our minds. But I, I honestly think Alvin Kamara is fantastic. I was watching Good Morning Football again because um, I think I talk about that every week on this podcast. Um, they were showing comparisons to Marshall Falk, uh, who is obviously a Hall of Famer and through 52 games, which I think Alvin Kamara's played, Alvin Kamara's stats are a lot better. Um, Bearing in mind that Marshall Falk went to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, has been an MVP in the league. it's The sky's the limit for Alvin Kamara, for sure.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think he's an unbelievable player. Are, are we all joining my narrative of the Bears are bad?
1: I, mean, I, never, I was never against it. <laughs>
2: I was gonna say, is that the Packers fans again trying to knock down a team that have a better record
0: than them? I mean I well, mean it's, uh, now, not the, better, not better. Last, Sorry, equal. I mean, an equal
1: record. Because it's the last NFC North, North team we're getting to uh, from this week's schedule, so we can talk about them more freely now. I think that the upcoming Vikings Bears games are gonna be very close and very interesting. But I right now on paper I think the Vikings win them.
0: So I, I are, agree with I think, you.
1: I think they're gonna turn the season around, whether that leads to a playoff position that I don't think so um, but you'd like to think that the, the NFC North still runs through Green Bay but it's even the Lions as well Th- this division started off at the start of the season being a it's Green Bay at the top and then the rest are losing records to now who knows what's going to happen with because they're all their records are relatively healthy at the moment.
0: Yeah, um one thing for the Bears which I thought was fairly unfortunate Mitchell Trubisky came onto the field for one snap got 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 injured, got injured on that snap <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't even, think that's unfortunate I, I don't even know why, I, I, why he was on the field <laughs>
2: I think it's fortunate for the Bears that that's happened It's just another reason to keep him off Yeah very um, possibly I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you In the way of the Bears being bad Because I don't think they're great But I think I don't think they're quite as bad They're maybe not exciting. Right, I think I would probably say that they're not a very exciting team to watch, but I don't, I don't think they're I wouldn't quite class them in the bad category. Um, I don't think you get a record like that.
1: Well, let's let's ask you then if it was a Thursday night football game on tonight, and you had all the time in the world, and it was the Chicago Bears versus the Denver Broncos, would you be excited about that?
2: All the time in the all oh, right, all the time in the world to watch it. Yeah. No.
1: Yeah. So I just think that these—that's the that, that... what I'm
2: saying. They're not—they're not exciting yeah. teams, but they—they're still winning games. They can like, get the
1: job done. I, do, I yeah.
2: do that yeah. I think they just—they—they're not built as a as an exciting team. They don't have like obviously they—they've got good players on both sides of the on both sides of the ball. You don't have a team with Cleo Mack without being exciting. Like, but I just—I I just feel like. They they do what they need to do. They win games, and then and that's it. Um, and I think there could be. I'm not you your bias, but I think considering that in the Packers division, there is always this wee undertone of, I don't want this team to be good.
0: Just looking at the Bears' future schedule, they only have to play against the AFC South, three of the teams from it, and the NFC North for the rest of their games. So like they have they have five games in division still, and then they've got the Titans, the Texans, and the Jags. So just now the Bears have got five wins, but I fancy them to beat the Jags, but certainly against the Titans and the Texans they could lose that, and then they could lose every game in the division the way the rest of the teams are playing. So just now they're 5-3, I could very easily see them going 6-10. Uh, and 10.
1: Uh, I'm just shocked that on the, on the bye week of the Jaguars, you've actually brought them up in the podcast. I thought you would go a full week without mentioning them, Adam.
0: Nah, no, nah, they're not very good. Um, uh, that's that's why I think that's why I think the Bears will beat them, even though I don't think the Bears are very good. But uh, but yeah, uh, you never know the way the way it's going at the moment, though. The Packers play the Bears on the last day, so that could be a, a game to see who wins the division. Right. But but uh, I hope not at that point. But moving from two NFC teams uh, to another two NFC teams, NFC East this time. Uh, what has been dubbed the worst division in football. Oh, Kai's got a wee sad face going on now. Uh, even though his Philadelphia Eagles did win Sunday Night Football, 23 points to nine against Dallas Cowboys and their third-string quarterback, um, who's now, by the way, been told he's not playing for next week and they're bringing someone off the practice squad. That's, maybe that tells you how well he played this game. Um, but i say 23 points to nine, Philly won that. Um, Kai, do you want to talk talk about it? Because I fell asleep halfway through it. So
2: I'll talk about the game. In general, and then I'll talk about the Eagles, to be fair. Uh, We can obviously have a discussion about the game. You pick one Uh, or the other. (laughs) I said we can have a discussion about the game, and then I'll talk about the Eagles.
0: Oh, I didn't watch it, so we can't have a discussion. Sorry. (laughs) Okay.
2: Um, I I mean, I've dubbed it the Battle of the Bads um, between Wentz and Donucci. I think that was two of the worst quarterback displays in a single game that I've seen since I started watching NFL. Between them, they only had 310 yards, um, 36 completions. From sixty-seven attempts. Jesus. <laughs> um their average quarterback rating was sixty-two. Oh my, uh, oh two, my god. Two, fu- <laughs> two fumbles each. Uh Carson Wentz with a couple of interceptions. Uh, eight sacks between them. Um it was horrific. Genuinely horrific. I think Carson Wentz almost it was almost like Carson Wentz felt sorry for Donucci being so bad that he went, right, I'll I'll play badly as well really, on, on the surface, I think Carson Wentz actually is that bad right now. Um, no, there's not really a, a whole lot to say about the actual game in itself. Uh, I kept, I, I know you fell asleep in the second half, I was—I kept nearly falling asleep during the game. Um, I was trying to do everything I could to keep myself awake, uh, and I was just glad that the, the Eagles managed to win it. Um, to kind of, to talk about the Cowboys a wee bit, obviously I'll open this up to both of you as well, that we can talk about it. Uh, Zeke had less than 100 yards again that's every game so far this season he's less than 100 yards now I know obviously again we're, we're talking about oh my god someone's had less than 100 yards um, it's not what you come to expect with someone like Elliot um, obviously it's a it'll be a worry for the Cowboys is it a worry for, for fantasy owners as well because um, he's, he's been uncharacteristic, uh. uncharacteristically quiet
0: Oh yeah. I mean you you've taken a top three four pick for Zeke and he's currently acting as like an R B two. Like he's yeah. not he's not doing what you expected. Um just he's... now just now I'd rather someone like James Connor, I'd rather have someone like Miles Sanders when he comes back, I'd actually mm-hmm. probably rather have Clyde Edwards Halea as well. Yeah. Uh, like
2: uh, I mean Zeke's on five touchdowns this season so far, which through seven games i oh, is not too bad. How many of them five came touch- at the start though? Yeah, five touchdowns, five fumbles though. Yeah. At this point at this time last year he was only on six touchdowns, but he only had one fumble by this point last season and he only had two games where he was less than hundred yards. The, like he was lighting things up through this point last season.
0: The problem is you've got defenses that'll just be stacking the box against him because Yeah. Because the, at the moment with the quarterback play, they're like, Well, we're not worried about these this quarterback trying to pass the ball. Uh where does one about do Zeke? And they also seem to be giving the ball to Tony Pollard quite a lot. Not so much this week, they only give him seven attempts, but last week especially, the, uh, the, uh, the the attempts, the carries, were a lot more equal, so yeah. slightly worried. Um,
2: Mikey, anything to note on the game before I start talking about the Eagles? Just, I'll let you get it in before I bore you both.
1: No, nah, it was more just, I, I feel bad for Ben like, I He's he... If you are a Cowboys fan, the biggest game of the season is the Eagles in Philadelphia. That is the game you want to win. You probably want to win that game more than the AT&T Stadium. Um, so for him to come into it was just baptism, baptism of fire. It was a shame because it wasn't bad, but he just the speed of the NFL just completely came and bowled him over the top. Like he, that's that's just me obviously slating the Eagles again because. I think if it was any other quarterback, if Andy Dalton was playing that game, I think they might have won it. But um, the fact that they're moving on again from Ben Vendanucci, he, he was just out of his depth uh, in that game. And I was reading something funny the other day that Kellen Moore, who's the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, used to play for the Cowboys as quarterback. I mean, is it would you even be surprised if you seen him start a quarterback one game for the Cowboys this season? Like, I honestly, I honestly don't think I, I would be surprised. The fact that they're moving on to their fourth quarterback is just Shocking. Um, don't know when Dalton's going to be back. Even when he comes back, I can't remember who was the game that they played two weeks ago um, when he had that three-hour drive uh, to the Amari Cooper touchdown and it was god-awful. I don't think when Andy Dalton comes into this team, it makes any difference. I think they are just destined for complete failure this year and it's mainly just down to complete, just sheer luck. They've just been completely unlucky with injuries. Um, but yeah, it's the Eagles to lose this year.
0: Right, let's quickly, before Kai goes on to the Eagles, because this is something I wanted to bring up, actually, uh, talking about the Dallas Cowboys being as bad as they are, okay? So, just now, the bottom of the NFL, okay, so aye, aye, the, the first through fifth pick, is the Jets with the first pick, then Giants, Jags, Texans, Cowboys, okay? I think the Giants will get at least a couple of wins, I think they're better than what the record suggests, I think they'll be out of there.
1: Especially with Dalton coming back, they will win a couple, but no, no, not no, enough no, to win no. the,
0: the we, said, we said Giants, Giants, not Cowboys. Oh, the Giants. giants sorry. I think. Okay. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree
0: with that as well. Texans, I think, will get wins. They'll get out of there. The the Jags and the Jets, I'm not so sure about. And the Cowboys, at this stage, I don't think. Do they? Do no. they tank? And they could get some like a Justin Fields because they're not going to. They're not going to bring back Dak. I don't think they talked all offseason. We're definitely going to pay him. We're definitely going to pay him. And they haven't. He's now Very injured. Definitely. They've got an excuse not to pay him. Could they move on and get someone like a Justin Fields if they get the second or third pick?
2: Absolutely. I, yeah. I don't I, think it's a. I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility. I think they probably might look to do that as well. Especially that, like they're not playing well just now. Especially in a all.
0: season where they don't have, f- have fans in the stadium or a huge no, amount of fans in the stadium if they're letting any in. Then because
1: Cowboys are, it's a hostile environment for the for the Cowboys players, yeah. let alone the away fans. So, um, I've actually at the start of the podcast, I was writing down. I think just roughly skimming through it, Eagles will win the division. My rough estimate is six, nine, and one. I think Washington will finish second in this division. I think Washington. Ford I think Washington
0: 12. might win it. I know, I know, I know. I would say this to slag off Kai and the Eagles and stuff, but I think Washington are starting to improve. So I, I agree. And, with And you Ron idea. Rivera
1: is the perfect coach for that. Yeah, I do agree. But I think the Eagles will still win the division. They've they've been missing. A, they have been missing key players. But then I've got the Cowboys and the Giants both on three and thirteen, uh, and that is with. The Giants winning the next game against the Cowboys. So they would obviously won head-to-head. They're one each. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington finished second in the division. But again, it's, it's the Eagles to lose. They have, they have. I know I said that it's the 49ers and the Cowboys have been the worst hit injury teams. But Eagles aren't far behind. And when you've got people like Miles Sanders and stuff coming back. And it always seems that they've never got that full weapon of wide receivers. I would be absolutely shocked if the Eagles didn't win the division.
0: So we can move on to Eagles Chat now. Kai, I promise you I'll even put the sound drop on for you to start for Eagles Chat. I should really sing a song for that like I do Mikey's. I should do, you know, Kai's Eagles Chat. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um Yeah, I mean obviously I just said there wasn't a hell of a lot to say about the game in general. Um there's not really a lot to say about the Eagles either. To be honest, I think they they won that game by being the less bad of the two teams. Um, I think I was it was nice to see Jalen Rieger back. Um, sorry, just to go behind the curtain so people can see that's Mikey's currently holding up a timer to me, um, and I'm Which purposely gonna I'm I'm purposely gonna make it as long as I can just to wind them <laughs> up. Um, it was nice to see Jalen Rieger, and um, obviously he got the touchdown. Slightly questionable about whether it actually was a touchdown or not. Um, I think he just and no more broke the plane, but it was nice to see him in uh, and get a wee bit of action uh, considering we've been rather short at wide receiver. Um, Boston Scott, very quiet. Um, I I think he kind of struggled a wee bit this week. Um, Corey Clement didn't do much either between the two of them. I think we were pretty poor. Uh, Rushing-wise, I thought Part of the reason why we struggled was because um our offensive line is just obliterated every week without fail. Yep. Uh, Lane Johnson a massive miss again uh coming into that game. I think he's probably when we get him back fat, I think he'll be a massive asset on that offensive line. You might start to see Carson Wentz sacked less. Uh he might not make as many mistakes, but it also might give him more time in the pocket to think of something stupid to do, uh, or give him more time for someone to run about five hundred yards down the field and for him to try and throw the worst pass ever.
0: I don't know what's wrong. We went because, like, he, did, he took you to a Super Bowl. I know he got injured halfway through the season, but he went what ten and over, whatever that season. Like, he was good, but this season he is. His brain is just not in the right place. I don't know if that's because he doesn't have. The proper defense from his offensive line or whatever to protect him, but my goodness, he's just been poor. I
2: mean, you saw the the one he threw. I think the first Trayvon Diggs pick was the one. Like there was there was people running under. There was people running decent routes. He could have probably tried a much easier pass with less implications, but he tried to throw the ball like forty yards down the field into the end zone. It, it was pretty windy as well, to be fair, and he threw it so high that the wind flung it about something stupid. Um, I mean, I know Mikey's, Mikey. I was talking to Mikey about this yesterday and he he said absolutely not. Um, And I don't think it will happen, but I would quite like to see Jalen Hurts start after the bye week. Or at least play a bigger role than he has so far. And I think there was obviously talk uh, on Monday night, or sorry, Sunday night. um, Carson Wentz went to the sideline at one point. And he was having a talk with Doug Peterson. And in the background, Jalen Hurts is is warming up his arm. I, I think it's a, a general thing for, for backup quarterbacks to do. They, they warm up their arm um, just in case something happens. I think there was a real thought at that point from Doug Peterson about whether he pulled Carson Wentz from the game. I think quarterbacks have been pulled for less so far this season. Uh, I think by that point he had two interceptions. He had a fumble. He... He'd only thrown the one touchdown, but I don't think he was playing well at all. I, I would quite... After the bye week, we obviously play the Giants now. I know that's quite a big divisional game to throw him into, so maybe start Wentz. I would like to see Jalen Hurts play. Just give him a chance. He can't be any worse than Carson Wentz is. Well, we could see. He might be able to be. Um, um and, and if he is, I stand corrected and <laughs> Carson Wentz can go back in, but I, I don't think there would be any harm in giving him a chance. Um... I know, obviously, uh, we play the Giants and the Browns coming out of the bye week. And then after that, we've got the Seahawks, the Packers and the Saints. So please don't put Jalen Hurts in for those three games because um, that would absolutely kill him. Out of um, interest,
0: Mikey, just looking at that schedule for the Philadelphia Eagles, <laughs> uh, who do you have them beaten when they've got that schedule? <laughs> Let
1: me just take a look at the schedule again. I, was, I, I ran through all four of the people in this division's schedule. Um,
0: let me just just while you up. do that, just looking at the rushing game, uh, I think they'll very much Philadelphia will be looking forward to getting uh, Miles Sanders Wait back.
2: To have Miles Sanders yeah. back. Obviously, on uh, uh, the other note, I totally yeah. forgot about um, Dallas Goddard back. I think he only had one reception. Yeah, um, only targeted once. I, I don't think he was on the field all the time either. I think he was very much limited in when he was on the field. But again, nice to have him back as well.
1: Yeah, I've, I've got them picking up three wins from here on out. Which is... Maybe a bit, bit silly now that I'm looking at it, but <laughs> the ones I've got them are the, the three the three divisional games. New York, Dallas, Washington. I think they'll beat the Browns. No. Not in I th-
2: Cleveland. I think we come out of the bye week and we win the first two. I think we beat the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, no, the Giants and the Browns, sorry. And then we play the Seahawks, the Packers and the Saints. I think if we get anything out of any of them, it'll be a miracle. But then I think we win all the rest of the divisional games. From there. Adam's
0: outlandish what, claim of the is week is that Washington will win this division. There we go. There's Adam's outlandish claim.
1: I've got them beating New York and then losing to Cleveland, Seattle, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona and then beating Dallas and Washington. But then when you say that, if you're coming off a five-game skid and going to going to Dallas and having two divisional games to finish, depending on how they've done, if Andy Dalton comes back or if Washington continuing to improve, who knows, but that's that's hearsay for the time being. You obviously need to, there's a lot of football to be played between now and
0: then. Yeah. Well, Kai, your Eagles chat is over. That was more than enough. Um, I think I made it
2: to four minutes there yeah. just to keep making. Four work. minutes. Um, so good.
0: Are the Eagles in a bye next week? Yeah. Oh, that's good. So we we'll have to talk about them. Uh, anyway, the, the Monday night football <laughs> was, <laughs> the Monday night football was Tampa Bay at the New York Giants. Um, 25 points to 23. Not often a scoreline you see. 25 points is a strange one. But uh, the Giants did give Tampa Bay a game, I said there. It's now six games so far this season the Giants have lost by 10 points or fewer. Um there was a talk of possibly def- uh, defensive pass interference uh, on the last pass of the game in the two-point attempt. Realistically, it's never going to get given for DPI there. Um but the Giants did give them a game. I think Mikey was talking about uh, how he's uh, off off podcast, how uh, he, he, Daniel Jones uh, had been doing a bit. Obviously, Daniel Jones has never had his full set of weapons. Uh, so for him to be playing as, as well as this, I know he threw a couple of interceptions, but for him to be able to bring uh, the, the Giants in, into this game, I think was... Uh, good for him especially uh, against such a tough Tampa Bay defence but looking at the Tampa Bay side of the ball first I just wanted to talk about the Rojo fumble Uh, Ronald Jones started the game looking like he was the one getting all the touches then he fumbled then Bruce Arians and Tom Brady sent him to the naughty step and brought out Leonard Fournette, which may or may not have uh, affected Mikey's fantasy matchup this week with Furnett getting all the touches Mikey do you want to touch on it
1: no comment (laughs) <laughs> nah the, I said to, I spoke to Kai before this game I, I thought it was going to be a close game I, I wouldn't. I picked the Bucks in our predictions but I wouldn't have been surprised if the Giants had won this game uh, I think they're slowly piecing together not results but performances to say the least they're losing by a couple of points here and there they're, they're losing games on fourth and, fourth and goals to win the game kind of two point plays to take it to overtime so it, if Saquon was in that team that, that it would be a totally different situation uh, for them just now Uh, if Saquon was in that team considering the Eagles and the Cowboys this season they could have easily been top of this division if they still had Saquon healthy or or all their uh, weapons on offence healthy but they haven't, simple as that so they've been struggling I like Daniel Jones, I think he tries to do the right thing but the Giants are a very demanding franchise and I don't think he's got what it takes to to have a, a long career there
0: Alf Morris coming back to do some running, I thought it was possibly the last we'd seen of him after he played a wee bit in a in a, for the Cowboys. But here he was coming out to play. Uh, no no carries for Dion Lewis, but Morris had eight carries for twenty eight yards, which was slightly surprising, but definitely that running game. We'll look forward to next season when Barkley comes back. Tampa Bay side of the ball, uh, meh, um, Mike Evans. Uh, five receptions, fifty-five yards, and a touchdown. Trying to show that you can still do stuff. before AB comes back, and Chris Godwin comes back. Oh, AB comes in, sorry, and Chris Godwin comes back from injury. That that offense is a cheat code, isn't it? I mean, if your receivers are Evans, yeah, Antonio Brown, and, and Chris Godwin,
2: see if you're a defense going up against them. Who on earth do you like put your best corner on?
1: Yeah, like if you're the Rams, who 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 does Sean McVay put Jalen Ramsey on? Just,
0: does he just rotate around the three of them? You're gonna
1: need. You're gonna need Doctor Octopus in there in the. In the oh, second.
0: Oh, right. oh, and by the we'll way, stuff. you've also you've also got Gronk. Aye, you know just just to it, throw listen, that and in. See there
1: See, the thing is as well, you've also got OJ Howard, who is a very yeah. good tight end, like yeah, Cam- and Cameron Break, who's a very good <laughs> tight end. Like this is just this is just Bruce Arians playing Madden, building a roster of just absolute <laughs> weapons. Mm.
0: Yeah, Aye. I mean Scott and we're yeah, doing I, really well I think as they well.
2: Could be. Aye. I think they could be quite dangerous.
1: Yeah. The if they can the if they can pick up close ones like they did here while they figure out how to, to integrate all that into their offensive system, 100% they could be a Super Bowl contender. See, but that's a, that's a big if.
0: They need to get the first place in the NFC. See if Seattle get to play at home. I think Tampa Bay warm weather team might struggle going to Seattle in January. But if They're able to be at home During the playoffs I think Tampa Bay could do it That is my Here's a
1: question Because now since this was The last game That I've got The current playoff picture As it stands If the season was to end today
0: Yep I like this
1: So I'll run through the games We'll just literally Blast through them We'll try and figure out Who wins So Seahawks and the Steelers Get the number one seeds So you've got The Rams at Tampa Bay Tampa Bay wins Tampa Bay Right You have The Cardinals At Green Bay Green Bay and then you have the saints at
0: philadelphia philadelphia oh, i don't think the saints are very good i think the eagles yeah, have gone I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go with that as well i, I don't th- think the saints have a... i think the eagles have got enough to win a playoff game at home okay so you've
1: got all the top seeds going through so now we have the philadelphia eagles in Seattle
0: no chance for the Eagles yeah. that's one step too far <laughs> I think uh, I, yeah definitely see. and
1: then you have Green Bay and Tampa
0: Bay Tampa Bay yeah Tampa Bay will, I, think, uh, I, think uh, I, the, I think I would agree yeah. they'll just demolish okay, us and then
1: Tampa Bay and Seattle who have you got
0: uh, just as I said there I think in Seattle Seattle will win it if it was the other way around yeah. I fancy Tampa Bay at home but.
1: yeah so now you've got Pittsburgh Steelers with the number one seed. Browns at the Chiefs. 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 Then you've got Colts at the Bills. Bills.
0: I would pick Colts. So you're going to have to be the decider I, there because I think the Bills are starting to fall apart.
1: And as we, I, this is what I'm saying. Like the experienced quarterback against Josh Allen, who's not got a good playoff record. I would take the Colts maybe in that one. So just if we're doing a democracy, then demo, we'll just say the Colts. And then the Ravens Stick with at my- the Titans.
2: Sorry, I, I was just gonna say I need to stick with my initial prediction of uh, the Bills potentially getting to the yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> what was that and, last um, one, sorry? The
1: Ravens in Tennessee.
0: Titans. I think Titans, I think I think Lamar's gonna struggle, yeah.
1: So that would end up being Titans in Pittsburgh.
0: <sighs> Pittsburgh so hard. Pittsburgh I go. At-
1: okay. Um, at- and then you've got the Colts at Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then Pittsburgh versus Kansas City.
0: Is that who, who's home? Yeah, Steelers?
1: Uh, it would be the Steelers with the number one seed. Steelers. I think the Steelers won that. Yeah, I also think so too. Again, experienced quarterback.
0: I would probably win the Chiefs, but we're in a democracy, so the Steelers go through. Okay,
1: so Steelers versus Pittsburgh in Tampa Bay.
0: Steelers versus Pittsburgh. It's team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, like, it's, 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 it's just the...
1: Uh, <laughs> it's the the practice squad versus the number one just a a select team Seattle Seahawks versus the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay who wins that?
0: Um, Big Ben Seahawks Big Ben falls apart and the Seahawks win it
1: MVP winner Russell Wilson leads the Seahawks to a second title under Russ is what I say so we're we're all saying it'll be a Seattle Pittsburgh Super Bowl
0: I think it may be Seattle kind of say but the two of you think
1: yeah yeah, but anyway, that was uh, just as it stands just now. That is how the playoff and works with the I, Browns and the Colts making the playoffs.
0: Can I just say, uh, if Kansas City got to the, um, if Kansas City got to the the Super Bowl, I think Kansas City would beat Seattle.
1: That's weird because I agree with that as well. Yeah,
0: if Kansas City get there, I think they win. But if Pittsburgh get there, then I think Seattle win. Yeah,
1: just um,
2: uh, just I was just where you were doing that. I was looking at the Bucks schedule to come just obviously they're six and two at the moment they play the saints the panthers the rams and the chiefs before they go into their bye i can see them going into their bye at nine and three i think they would beat the panthers and the saints i think they beat the rams i think the chiefs beat them the buccaneers right six and two their buys in week 13 i think they go into their bye nine and three and then coming out of it they've got the vikings the falcons the lions the falcons
0: Do you think, is the game against the Chiefs in Kansas City or in Tampa?
2: uh, It is in, I think it's in Tampa.
0: If it's in Tampa, I fancy them to win it. Yeah, it's it's in Tampa.
1: This Bucks saints game this weekend is huge, especially with Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Andrew Breeze all being questionable as well. Um, This could be the, the big one in that division, huge, considering Saints won the first game in
0: week one. I, th- I think Tampa will win it, I think Tampa will be back with a vengeance and will absolutely yeah. demolish them, I'm talking like two touchdown victory I think this is Drew Brees last season I think his arms gone, I think he's struggling, I think he'll retire at the end of the season Adam's outlandish claim of the week uh, we haven't had a Mikey's outlandish claim of the week yet Mikey
1: yeah I've not got one, I've been thinking about it, I was going to say that I think Washington will finish second in the division was my outlandish claim, but you've came out there like I <laughs> outlandish <that> it. <laughs> you've, you've outlandished me, so I'm I'm going to stay quiet for the time being. I don't, as I said before, I, I'm not going to do them just for the sake of them. I currently on my list have seven seven outlandish claims, and I've had two correct and one wrong so far, and the other four have yet to be announced. So,
0: well, we'll, we'll find see. out. I'm sure we'll move on with our uh, two minute warning. Uh, because we are now going to the predictions, which Mikey kindly looks after for us, because I don't. I, I, I just chucked at him. Again, look behind the curtain. I just went, look, I'm not doing this. to Someone else want look after no, no. <laughs> And Well,
1: Mikey, all I'll say is um, we were all pretty. We all had some wrong clean sweeps this week. Yeah. This is the most we've had. We've had five wrong clean sweeps this week, which maybe shows that there's been a few upsets this week.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm historically really good at this, so I'm fully expecting us uh to to win here. Um so we started off Thursday night football. Atlanta beat Carolina. We had the wrong sweep,
1: we all said the Panthers.
0: Oh dear. Uh then Pittsburgh beat Baltimore.
1: Kai, correct with that one.
0: Uh I thought I thought Pittsburgh's bubble might have bust, but it would appear it's not. Sort of, uh,
1: uh, especially in Baltimore as yeah. well.
0: I think we all surely got this one wrong for the Miami Dolphins yep, beating wrong, the Rams.
1: Wrong, wrong sweep for the Rams.
0: Surely we all got the Chiefs beating the Jets.
1: Correct, clean sweep yep. for all three of us.
0: Uh, Green Bay losing to Minnesota.
1: Wrong sweep We also <laughs> the
0: Packers. Uh, the Colts beating the Lions.
1: Adam, you were the only one right on that.
0: Oh, supporting the Colts. Mikey,
1: Mikey, have you got one right yet? Oh, you got the Chiefs. Chiefs. That's <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> I can't wait on this, Stuart. So no, no, <laughs> moving
0: we're, on, we are we're, 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 uh, we're uh, adult and child friendly. Um, the Raiders at the Browns. The Raiders won.
1: Clean sweep for all this. We got the Raiders.
0: Good. See, I thought you might between you, Sonny's might have went for the Browns here because you like the Browns more than I do. But between Me? The, no, no, between the two of you, I, I don't rank well, them I, at all.
1: I said that I thought that the the Raiders would make the playoffs at the expense of the Browns. So this game, I couldn't really say the oh, Browns.
0: That's true. Uh, the Bengals beating the Titans. We had the wrong sweep there. We
1: all said Titans.
0: The Bills beating the Patriots. Uh,
1: me and Kai had the Bills. Did I have the Bills? Oh, all
0: right. Which uh, again,
1: uh, <laughs> I was going to choose because of the whole record over them, uh, and potentially should have been you being the only one right
0: there. I wasn't quite as angry with Cam then as I should have been because he basically. <laughs> yeah. All right, right. Um, Denver beating the Chargers.
1: We all had the wrong sweep.
0: See If the Chargers have stopped throwing away games, we might be done all right there. Uh, the Seahawks beating the 49ers. Uh, correct sweep. Correct sweep, good, good. The Saints beating the Bears. Correct sweep again. Yeah. The Eagles beating the Cowboys. Correct sweep again. And Tampa Bay beating the Giants. Correct sweep that again. That wasn't very exciting. There's only a couple that were yeah. different. They? All, so all I'll say though, well. Adam,
1: if the Patriots had scored on that touchdown drive, you would have won
0: this week. Dun, dun, dun but so, well, at last they did not what were the scores for this week and then the and totals. I'll tell you what
1: you weren't you weren't last place this week Adam
0: <gasps> goodness me
1: you were joint second we're technically still last because <laughs> there's <laughs> nobody in third place but well for the sake of your uh, pride we'll say that you finished second I've actually got it so myself and Adam both had 7 out of 14 but I've put myself in last place out of the kindness of my heart so you finished in second place even though we got the same score
0: that's very kind of you Mikey I'll be That'll forever be. in your uh. <laughs> and
1: then Kai was one ahead. He got eight out of fourteen. Well, so it was a fairly poor scores, week from all of us. It, it was pretty poor from all of us. I think those wrong clean sweeps, Chargers, Titans, things like that, did go quite poorly. So, Adam, you're on forty-five out of eighty-seven. <laughs> so you're still about five hundred.
0: And <laughs> nearly still as bad. Nearly as bad as the Eagles. Goodness me.
1: Whereas uh, <laughs> I'm not I quite that bad. bad. I have 54 out of 87, and Kai's two ahead on 56 out of 87. Well, at, least so
0: it's, at, at least it's close between the two of you. Yeah.
1: It's competitive between me and Kai, but Adam, maybe we
0: should uh, stop Aye. you playing. Aye, exactly. Maybe it would be better yeah. if the two of you stopped, and then I could catch up.
2: Do Do we maybe have something for Adam that could gain him some, some points in this
1: prediction? Yes. So, we, uh, me and Kai have spoke about this. We're willing to give you five points onto the totals. So if you get this right, it would take you up to fifty. I'm, I'm not a huge Only. fan
0: of all this collusion that's went on behind the scenes between the two of you. I'm...
1: But it's a it's a win win because if you don't if you don't get it right, you don't lose points. Right, so okay. it's just a chance for you to get back in the mix. So there are what nine. Is this? There are nine notable starting quarterbacks, aged twenty four or younger. Can you name all nine of them? And you have three strikes on your out. So if you get three wrong answers, you lose. But if you get all nine. So you basically get 12, 12 guesses.
0: What do you mean by you not- name notable?
1: So I, I, I don't even know if it's the right age, but like Kyle Allen isn't a notable starting quarterback. So just run through them and right. we'll see how we do.
0: So I'm going to start off one which I'm querying if its class is notable or not. So I'm going to go with Tua.
1: Tua is correct, yes. 22 years old. Um.
0: So three strikes and I'm This is not good content when I'm sitting there thinking, is it? Uh, I, I was I was trying to work my way through the divisions, and then I'm I'm not getting this at the moment. But I'm thinking, oh, is Josh Allen close? You know, do I want to give that up in case it's one that's not right? Um, through that division, we've got the Chiefs on the other side. Is he under twenty four? I don't think so. Drew Lock,
1: Drew Lock is one of them.
0: Yeah, uh, Herbert, Herbert is one of them. Yeah. Um, who else on that side of the country? Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray is one of them. Yeah. Um, I don't think Goff is, I don't think Garoppolo is and Russell certainly isn't, let's go let's go south, uh, this is quite tricky, I'm, I'm trying to talk my way through it so that the audio listeners can <laughs> have something that's not just empty noise uh, in the south, he's certainly not with Brady and Breeze, they're probably double that age um, no one else in the south there the AFC South is the one I hate under 24, I might come back to him um Tennessee don't have it. Indianapolis don't have it. Oh, this is tricky. This is harder than you might think. Is Lamar under 24? He is. He is, yes. Five or five so far. Five or five so far, right. Um, Burrow? Burrow? Six yeah. or six. Six or six. Oh, right. Uh, Daniel, and, then, and then throws. <laughs> Daniel Jones?
1: Daniel Jones as one of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, but you see that Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins doesn't count, right? Yeah.
1: Um, you've got seven out of seven so far. So you've got you some wiggle room now. We've got some
0: wiggle room now. Is Josh Allen under twenty four?
1: Josh Allen is. Yeah. He
0: is twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Twenty four or under. Um, Baker.
1: Baker is wrong. Oh. Strike one. You only have one
0: quarterback still to get. One more still to get. Mm. And you've got two. Yeah, you've got two guesses. I'm just trying to work, wrong my, work my way through the divisions to see who. See, because Mitch isn't the starting quarterback there. I don't think he's under twenty-four anyway. Um, he'll be twenty-five, I'm yeah. guessing. Um, who else could it be? Is Deshaun Watson twenty-four? He is not. Oh. That is striking. Too. Oh, oh, That's oh. oh, right. It went so well. <laughs> and team, then this is where it then does get tricky. So I went through.
1: Your next guess has to be right,
0: basically. Oh, wait say. a minute. Is Sam Donald 24-under?
1: Sam Donald is yeah. correct. Oh, goodness me. Well done. I, 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 just I
2: thought, to text Mikey and ask who the one you hadn't got I, yet I, was. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought I'd work with my way that,
0: through the AFC East, but I hadn't. I'd missed out the Jets, because most folk <laughs> miss out the Jets. Very,
1: very well done. Um, with that, you now move up to... 50 out of 87, still in last place, but you're now only 6 off top.
0: That's good. See if I end up winning this, you're going to hate giving me those points. Those
1: points will be deducted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you offering me points anyway, gentlemen. It's very kind of you. Charity case. While we're still on on the prediction a bit of the segment, we have Thursday night football tonight. At the moment, now we're recording this, it's what, just gone midday here in in Britain, which means it's 7am Eastern on Thursday. Uh, which means the game is still due to be played tonight. It's not being cancelled because of COVID, because all of the 49ers have got COVID. Half of the running back room in Green Bay has got COVID. But, um, COVID bowl. COVID bowl, yeah, exactly. Who do you predict for tonight's game? I am predicting the Green Bay Packers.
1: I think this will be a, a statement win for the Packers. They th- This is more than just a game, uh, just a normal game. Obviously, we lost the NFC Championship to them. They batter does last season in the regular season in San Francisco so I think Aaron Rodgers will be right up for this one
2: I disagree with either of you I think I think the Packers will probably win this I must and say I think they would win it quite comfortably
0: I do think that the 49ers will still demolish us in the run game they don't have anyone to catch the ball to be fair but with uh State, I think he's still going to get a couple of touchdowns hopefully because he's on my fantasy team this week but um I think I think because we can't stop the run, I think we're still gonna we're still gonna get uh run on by the Forty ers But I think I think the Packers will just be too good, especially with all the injuries to the Forty ers Sorry, injuries slash COVID, um, to the Forty ers I all think right. that's that's uh, us then, is it? I think we've we've exhausted everything. Yeah. Yes. In which case, all it leaves me to do is to say thank you to you, Kai, and thank you to you, Mikey. Pleasure as always. Yes. Thank you. And uh, we'll say goodbye. Uh, that was our week eight review of the 2020 NFL season. And uh, we'll see you next time. Ah!